Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 298. Uh, we have a, another longer show because we just keep we running. We can't stop talking, you guys. No. I'm sorry. And we're talking a lot about hey, a lot hey, more books. S- hey, some of us don't even talk until the very end. So. That's true, that's true. Um, it's weird rev- when you just sit there quietly for half of it. Reviewed <laughs> Avengers, uh, number 675. A little bit of, well, a scene out of Gwenpool, number 24. Along with some Mr. Miracle, um, some Runaways. Phoenix Resurrection. Old Man Hawkeye. Well, I was going to let you yeah. talk about your one that you talked about. You talked about five comic books? That's oh, why briefly. the podcast takes so long. And then, and then Booze in a Book with WWE. Yeah. So. Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe. Yep. A lot, of, um, a lot of comic books this week. Some news. We also talked uh, Well, we talked a little bit about the Runaways show and some of the thoughts yeah. I didn't like. Yeah. Other things. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> sit back and relax and enjoy. Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 298. Who the fuck is that? You know how when you're younger and like you hear your like people would walk around with those stupid handheld tape recorders and they would tape you talking like and a talk you, boy and you would take your tape your conversations and then you would listen back to them and you would go that's what I sound like I've been doing this podcast for so long that I hear myself in the same voice everybody else does now so when I hear my voice when you play it back it's like it does not weird me out at all it, mine still does in my mind yeah I can hear what my voice sounds like mm-hmm. But in my mind, my brain's going so rapidly fast forward that I think that I'm saying a lot of things, and when I hear myself, it sounds like I got some downy. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I... I can't believe you just said that. I don't know how else to... Being honest. I don't know how else to describe it. I I just feel like I don't sound good. (laughs) I think you sound fine. Okay. Thank not, you. Not like you have some dumb. <laughs> what? I'm just down on my dumps. Like, <laughs> that's what I meant. Like, I'm sad. Okay. God, what were you thinking? We'll go with that. <laughs> I like that. It's far enough for a good save out of left field. <sighs> I didn't want to comment on your earrings that I just now noticed. Yeah, my little piggies. Yes, that is quite uh interesting it's like he's hanging through my ear by his neck (laughs) don't know why so there's this company that makes these earrings where it basically there's the same company that made these earrings has has these dinosaur earrings that look like the dinosaurs biting down on your ear Mm -hmm. and i really wanted those but they were sold out so josh got me these instead i'm gonna get very personal here, but Josh doesn't listen to the podcast unless he's on it, so he won't know. Uh, my nickname for Josh is Sausage, because his last name is Rowhorse, which I think sounds like a type of sausage. Um, everybody else, when I say it, thinks it's sexual, and it's not at all. Zero percent. Um, so he got me these, because I call him Sausage, and Sausage is made out of piggies. Aww. I know. You wanted to always have your ear. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably did not put that much thought into it at all. (laughs) 
Well, they look uh, interesting. They're fun. I like them. Yeah. You know what also is fun? Your party tonight? Is that what you were going for? No, I was going to say like comics and oh. everything. I thought... Or, or drinking. I thought your mind was going to be 100% on your activities of the evening. Uh, my mind kind of is, mm-hmm. but see, when we're when I'm here with you, I only think of one thing. Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I was going to go with comics, but... How sweet. <laughs> It's like, man, if I get you little piglet earrings. <laughs> oh, okay. So I guess, yeah, I have my giant biggest party of the year. We have like 200 people come over. Yeah. You're all invited kegs. if you have mastered time travel. Yes. Especially if you have mastered time travel. Tony, to- Tony, Tony totally wants to meet you. I truly do. At his party tonight. So, yeah, hopefully then I will be seeing some time travelers. Um... No, so we have a giant ice hockey rink in the backyard, and we have a giant slide from the garage. to a slide. Yep, that's what we dubbed it. We also have, which my dad has still not taken down, because this is at my father's uh, backyard. He maintains the ice rink and everything. I just kind of promote the party and make it happen. He also installed this summer a zip line. Oh. He still hasn't taken down, like, the ladder to get up to the zip line, because I have a feeling that he's going to want to show it off. Yeah. He already has before in Winter skates. Zip line. In skates? He went up the ladder in skates. I I was like, what the fuck? Someone's going to die. Yeah. 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 Most likely your dad. Yeah. <laughs> so just prepare for that mentally. I honestly mentally already <laughs> did. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't build this ice skating rink every... He puts a lot of time and effort into that. Yeah. And with fuck this weather, we... I. I was praying to every god, Greek gods, Norse gods, Hindu gods. <laughs> One of my friends said, did you pray to Santa? I go, no, but I'm going to. <laughs> like, we had a warm spell. We we went, we did like a 60 degree yeah. turn. It went from like negative 10 to 50. And then back. No, 50, it got up to 57. Yeah. And then back down to, what was it yesterday, 19 mm-hmm. with a wind chill. It's going to be eight tonight, I think. Yeah. So, yes, we are living in some strange times. Yeah, it's Michigan. But we had a day and a half, uh, two days, technically, to get the ice rink yes. back up. We had enough of it to where it is, honestly, skatable. Yeah, it's better than last year where you had to postpone because it was 70 oh, degrees Oh, it totally was January. wiped out. Yeah. It was like swamp. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. So looking forward to that. Uh, this may be my last podcast because... Uh, you might die. Yes. <laughs> Alcohol related, probably, yeah. but. I'll carry on without you, don't worry. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Keep the legacy alive. Be like Michael Turner's, uh, all of his books. Be like Tony McKay's Drunk on Comics <laughs> podcast. All right. Um, I guess we should quick get into. I know we discussed what we were going to talk about, but I totally forgot what you said you're going to fucking discuss. Want to briefly touch on, on that one? On, okay, so Phoenix Resurrection number three came out because it's coming out every week. And I said to myself, I'm not going to review it this week because there's only five issues and this is number three. And I really just don't feel like giving our listeners like no reason to read it by reviewing mm. it in full every week. But, but there is a couple things that we want to touch on. In this book. And they're spoilery. To make you not read it. Yes. And they are spoilery. So if you're totally into reading The Phoenix without spoilers, like, you know, jump ahead a couple minutes or a half an hour. I don't know how long we're going to talk about this. Um, (laughs) But the main thing 
for me in this book was the dis- discovery of the X-Men team that Jean was no longer in her grave. It had She had been dug up or escaped. Who knows? It kind of was just yeah. my stars and garters. Uh, my fucking stars and garters, I think, is <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, what Beast I, said. I, I, <laughs> with that being his catchphrase and me hating catchphrases, it's just I, I laugh inside every time he says stuff yes, like that. Yes, yes. So... At one point in time, in the, or at, at after that, after they discover her grave, I think it's after they discover her grave, Jean, who is the diner waitress, in her delusion, or in this mindscape that she's living in, or whatever it is that is going on with her, meets Jean Grey, the phoenix. Full phoenix, regala, everything. So, my question is... Is the dug-up body the diner Jean Grey? Or is the dug-up body this Phoenix Jean Grey? Or is it neither? And if it is the Phoenix Jean Grey, did they bury her in that outfit? And why? (laughs) (laughs) True. Um, The other thing I... Well, and does, like, decomposition not work in this world? I guess not if you're a psychic. Psychically... Bind your molecules together forever. Well, here, here's the thing, and and just cut, touching on some key points. Um, there's some other characters who are dead, at least in the mind of Jean. Yes. Um, in her, I mean, I'm gonna call it afterlife world because that's yeah. what I feel like it is. Yeah. Um, the biggest reveal is the door at the end in this dome. What the fuck is that? Yeah. And those are really the, without giving, oh, and then Emma Frost still, they said all the psychics were gone. Right. But yet, here's Emma Frost. Well, uh, yeah, and one and, one of the, who was it? Was it Kitty that was like, oh, not all of them. Yeah, like, would you not have thought, like, you needed to use Cerebro? Why would you not have, even if you didn't fucking like her, she's been a good person before, like, Hey, guess what? X-Men need help. Phoenix coming back. We're going to die. You had the Phoenix once. Uh, Can you please help us find this? Like, why would you not go to her first? Right. Like, because they made it seem like all the psychics were were gone. Incapacitated. And I know in Jean Grey number 11, they're going to explain that. The only thing that would have made me, it feels like a plot hole. And I hate pointing out plot holes. The thing that would have made it better is if when they came to her, she was in her diamond form because when she's in her diamond form, she does she can't use her psychic right. ability, and psychics can't get into her mind either. Right. So if whatever's taken away the psychics, uh, would have like then left her alone, and she knew this, right. so she couldn't become out of diamond form, which then she couldn't help. My 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 question about Emma Frost is: Is she really just always in that outfit? they come to her house and she's drinking wine in her white queen outfit basically (laughs) she's always rocking that white white on white ensemble i always hated her and then i actually really fell in love with the character when she was married to scott and it was actually one of the few times where i was like i kind of like her and then when she's a teacher yeah they really wrote her to be gene's opposite for a really long time and once Jean was gone then she didn't really have a reason to be bad anymore. And I just I like I like her powers a lot. Yeah. Because of how powerful she is but like 
that she also has an additional, like I said, her... Her diamond form. Yeah. Yeah. Which then you're like, oh, she could be, like, unstoppable. But then when they cut off her, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what that was either. It looks like... Like, uh, is it Thanos? apocalypse? Or apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is apocalypse. He's, like, they're religious. Yeah. I, I looked at that, that picture and I didn't quite understand that There's either. There's a lot going on in this book. So I will say this. My thoughts now are going more into the realm of uh, Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Is Which, that, did you get that vibe? Well. Like, <clears throat> I need You need a clone. You can take her, her yeah. jeans. Yeah. Jeans, jeans. Jeans, jeans. And clone her, but she there's no fucking way her body was alive or got out of there without, right. or the Phoenix Forks already went in her, but. It would make a lot of sense for it to be Mr. Sinister because this gene that's working in this diner is younger. Not young like young Jean Grey was, but she is definitely like a younger Jean Grey than the Jean Grey that, that died. Like she's not in her mid-30s or however Jean was. She's definitely younger. Um, it would also... Like, I'm also wondering if, like, Mastermind or whoever is involved, because this reality that they've built, like, that's, to me, that's beyond Mr. Sinister. So if they cloned Jean and they have them in this dome living her life, like, they created this whole Truman Show Jean yeah. thing for her, um, who's, like, who are these other people? Are they clones are they actors are they figments of her imagination oh my god i would love their even though it would totally ruin the whole seriousness of this if they had a a one-off comic that showed the guys like the patch (laughs) taking off his eye patch and just hey frank (laughs) it would make sense because a lot of the people that they're showing in this so like mr patch who is very clearly wolverine and well yeah because he wanted to be with her yeah and, but he he looks very much like well, here's the thing. That's classic what, Wolverine. Yes, and, and not that it's weird that she would imagine that character, but it, it goes to he's being who Wolverine was of wanting to be with Jean. Right. Uh, in it, a very it, creepy way in this yes. book. <laughs> but I don't think these are real. I mean, they're not real people right. in there. I mean, they have to be the figments of some sort of right. mind altering thing because especially with the whole when it it got out of the dome or got out of and who knows maybe this isn't even where she's actually right. at We're the dome is a big mystery yeah. yeah i don't know but it's still good it <clears throat> it's a quick read it All is have been... and like seriously what the fuck there's two issues left they're doing five this is number three yeah how are you gonna wrap this up in two issues and make me feel happy about it well especially because something like this Feels like it should be a huge event. I mean, yes. they made it huge events before. I'm actually kind of glad this is the route that they're going. Yeah, nuanced, I guess. And it, it's not affecting any of the other Xbox at all. Zero percent, really. So, it's kind of nice for an X event. Yeah. Although, if you're reading all the other books, it is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see. I mean, the next one comes out next week, so it's not like we have to wait a whole hell of a lot of time to find out what what's going to happen next, which I appreciate, actually, doing them doing a weekly comic for this. Well, there's a lot more weekly comics that are coming out, which um, I'm okay with. My wallet isn't okay with. No, yeah. And it's a lot of reading. Like, I've done a lot more reading in the last couple weeks, mainly because I need to keep up on some of these. Yeah. 
And I have a new one that's going to be a doozy. Uh, Avengers 675. It is the No Surrender um, storyline that is going to be 16-part story arc, so 16 issues. Okay. That are going to be weekly. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. So that equates out to four months. Yeah. That's a long event. It is cool that it, the way that Oh, Marvel and events. Yeah. They said they weren't going to do them. Nope. Here's one right here. <laughs> and there's but another one right there. I'll say this, though. Because of the way they're writing this and everything, though, it doesn't feel like what they used to do where they had to tie everything right. in. Right. This is literally kind of standalone. Some X-Men books are exploring it. But some of the other X-Men books are kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. Which is one of the things that I always get annoyed with sometimes is... How can you be doing this and that? And you always got to be like, well, this was their other week yeah. of the month. Now now that we're older and we uh, appreciate having more money actually with us. <laughs> yeah, when like, we read oh, other yeah, titers, yeah, titles, just... we see yeah. that there's other things that X-Men Blue Team's <laughs> doing. And weren't they just investigating over here? Yeah. So with Avengers uh, 675, this is the one, if you remember when we are teasing it out uh, before, had... Uh, the random girl that... Oh, yeah, the, the retcon. Voy- Voyager. Yeah. And so this story... All right, actually, I should take it back. Going back to, uh, like I said, events. This story felt like it was, again, one of those giant Marvel uh, events where everything's going to be destroyed, you know, the world is going to end. And it kind of, at first... Made me go, why am I going to fucking read this story? Everything is to be retconned. Um, yes, I'm very curious as this Voyager person. But I will say this, though. This this episode, or episode, episode. yeah, issue, <laughs> written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. Um, art by Pepe Larez. Um, Pepe Larez, what a name. Yeah. Love it. Color by David Carell. Uh the world, it felt almost exactly like how they just did the, the recent Civil War um, book. So you have the people outside in the station. All of a sudden, like a red flash. And I almost thought it was going to tie into the Phoenix. But I was like, mm. you know, this could be kind of cool if they mentioned that. Because like I said, I know that's not a big thing. Don't make it a big issue. But they see red in the... Right. like, And I thought that would be it. And that would be cool. And then they're going to investigate. But then something else happens. Yeah. It shows that there's a giant, unique world, you know, that everyone's part of. But, no. What what they end up finding out is Earth and its moon has disappeared. The Earth that they're on right now? Yeah. So, Earth. So, people that are on Earth. Yeah. And it, the moon. Because they're trying to talk to each other and they're finding out that the satellites don't work. Well, you have uh, Captain Marvel outside uh, as well as the Alpha Flight Station and them and... They were trying to, someone was contacting someone, oh, someone in the space station, and then it's like a, a shot of just blank space, mm. and Captain Marvel saying the Earth and the Moon has disappeared, which, dun, dun, dun. Civil War <laughs> Two had all the cosmic people left out of the Earth. Right, with that giant shield around the Earth. Oh, yeah. Wow. Now it's just, the Earth's not there. Right. So it feels like the same fucking thing. Mm. Again, giant mystery of what happened to the Earth. But not knowing, 
Right. Uh, there was there's a scene where Captain America, like you saw see all these Avengers then, like because of the Earth moved, it was like earthquakes and stuff. Mm. You see that buildings are falling down, so uh, Falcons saving people, uh, Captain America saving people, but behind him is the state capitol building destroyed. And I'm like, that's when I really stopped and I had to just think, how many fucking times <laughs> has the United States Capitol been destroyed? Yes, like and rebuilt, yeah. and the, they always rebuilt it, looking the same exact way. Like, I feel like they should explore new materials at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's not ruining the same fucking building, people. Unless it's still destroyed from the outskirts of Civil War II, but I don't know that. Like, it would have been cool if it said under construction due to evil right. hydro caps. You just had, like, an, one of those orange fences around yeah. it or something. Um, but I, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, I just am kind of done with this. Until we get to the part where I forgot that seeing the previews ahead of time, I knew this was going to happen. You have, uh, not, um, the new, uh, um, Wasp, uh, Natalie, um, who is, uh, um, Hank Pym's daughter. Oh, okay. From his first, uh marriage gotcha she's with jarvis they're trying to save some people and jarvis sees some blocks falling on this kid pushing him out of the way and then there's just a hand underneath the blocks oh no jarvis is in the hospital jarvis. pretty much jarvis is gonna be dead and he's yeah. always been they're all talking about he's the one that's you know yeah held them all together then all of a sudden you start seeing some of these uh people around the world these heroes as well as actually you find out later the costumes they start turning kind of like almost like glass like color like a bluish kind of white and they're frozen in place so like iced almost okay and now i'm like okay that's interesting what the fuck's going on i'm getting back into this mm -hmm. and then all the leftover avengers so whoever they're going to be using in this series get called to the um x-men uh mansion i do have to note that they they started off the book with the living lightning who just goes by lightning now because he doesn't need to be confused with the living laser, which right. honestly I got confused about. Cause I was like, <laughs> I thought he's a bad guy. <laughs> and they even addressed that. And I go, yeah. awesome. Nice. Okay. So now he's just going by lightning. And, uh, he was, and it kind of started off with him saying how he was an Avenger, was an Avenger in forever. So that his card was, was beeping. Like he's getting called back on the team. And I thought that was really cool and interesting and if that's where this book is going, but really what tied me in was the last fucking page where all of a sudden this, like, they're all, like, kind of sad Jarvis is dead, but then they're like... Oh, he died, died? Well, he's dying. Okay. Um, Beast went to go Spoilers. use his magical powers. <laughs> He'll probably live by the end of this anyways, but he's... And I think, too, partly is because he, Jarvis being the key to everything, knowing all the Avengers, he might realize something is up because... Yeah has already been teased there's this person here who has never truly ever been an avenger this voyager chick yeah but yet they're all acting as if this person's always been there right they look up and like you see the silhouette and these and everyone's like no way what she and then she did always say she'd come back in her time of need and then they show her being there like yes you know i'm here to help or something mm. And I'm just like, what the shady? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. And if this is some Kobeck like uh, cosmic cube shit, 
I'm going to be pissed. Right. Because we just did that last year as well. Yeah. I want to know the mystery of this chick. I love that uh, the scene that, that we also saw before of the Avenger statue that's always been around. Right, with her in it. Which yeah. the legacy uh, number one hinted at when they were walking by it um, in the X, or uh, not the X Mansion, the Avengers Mansion. Well, she's, yeah, floating kind of above that, and you see the Avengers with her in the statue. Mm-hmm. So it's strange. It's interesting. Yeah. And it's got me hooked enough to where I don't need to hear some end of the world prophecy shit. Make this more character driven. These people that are left over. Why they're Avengers would be great. Right. But I got sixteen issues to. Yeah. Why is everybody frozen? Is it normal people that are frozen too? Nope. They've they've said no. So what they uh, said was, you know, all these Avengers are frozen. Uh, they're in their spots wherever they're at. Um, Hercules uh, brought Vision uh, back to, with him too. Hercules is one of my favorite of the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, just because he's, he's like Thor level, but he likes to get drunk more and mess around with girls and really doesn't give a shit about being a hero sometimes, except for he's being a hero now. But, uh, yeah, then they were saying too, that even all the super, super, super villains, at least that they can tell also are frozen. So pretty much most all powered people. It's, it's really, I don't know what's going on, but... I have to say that I'm okay with it so far. I was not okay with it at first. Yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds like it'll be interesting. <laughs> As you said. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You know, I mean, you can just never tell. A lot of these events, I'm using air quotes because Marvel's not supposed to be doing events, but mm-hmm. uh, start out good and then you get halfway through them and you're like, ugh. Well, I mean, Marvel also does a lot of stupid shit, like canceling books that are wonderful. Um, Like, in Gwenpool this week, the one scene that I showed you, she has been pretty amazing as far as when she came over as just a joke, and then or got a variant cover, then became her own character, and then has unique powers of fourth wall breaking... To where it, it, it shined in, in one scene where the Leaper was busting down some doors and, you know, couldn't hear anything. And you see her holding all of the the, the words, yeah. the word bubbles. The that, action words. Yes. Yes. And it's just like one of those things that she can do because that's her power yeah. in this world that I hope, I hope that her character shows up in some other stories. It's hard to, though, because when you have powers like that that are world-breaking, right? you can't really throw that into an Avengers book. No. It just doesn't work. Well, and is she, like, her stories never really tied into the mainstream stories anyway, did they? I didn't think so. No, I mean, she's yeah. had interaction. Well, there'd be other heroes that come into her right. books, so right. she'd see people. But, yeah, they were kind of her own adventure because it kind of have to be right with the way that she works because she's altering reality basically yeah which if that existed in the regular what is it the 616 universe timeline then uh i think that they would probably be trying to stop her it sounds like a catastrophe waiting to happen <laughs> <laughs> did you have any other books you want to talk about um so i read ninja 
versus the Valiant Universe, number one. Um, not normally a reader of Valiant, although I very much appreciate them for their what they're trying to do and their world building and their stories always seem really good. I just, I'm so far behind that I, it's a daunting task to try and start on anything because these characters are already like really well developed and very much into their stories. So I feel like I just can't hop in to a Valiant book. It's to me, it's just seems like it's going to be very hard. I could be wrong, but in my opinion, that's the way, but this Valiant, this Valiant title it ties in with um, a digital series that Valiant was doing last year, I think, which was Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, um, and they were doing it as a way to bring in new readers to the Valiant Universe, because you can't build a world if no one's going to read about mm-hmm. it. Um, so, I don't know, because I didn't watch Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, did you watch that when it aired oh the one on youtube i think it was on youtube no, yeah it hasn't aired yet there's a ninjack movie coming out or a series coming out that's just ninjack but there was like a digital short series that they did that was ninjack versus the valiant universe and this book made it sound like that had already come out i could be wrong but it sounded like to me that they had already done that part and then this was going to tie into that um, but I could have it backwards. Well, you might. Because this could be the precursor to that. To me, that's what it seemed like. Because it's setting up the why he's versus the Valiant Universe. Because he is part of that team, and then now he's fighting them. Um, and the digital series is created by Super... Power Beatdown, the guy who did Superpower Beatdown. Have you ever watched that series? Yes. So, in my mind, that series is going to be just a bunch of him versus somebody else each time. So, I guess they would need a lead-in for it. Um, but this book starts with um, Jillian, who is... I don't know if it... Yeah, it's Ninjak's daughter. His human iteration, his non-ninjack version of himself, um, in the pharmacy with her mom and Roku, who is ninjack's arch nemesis, uh, shows up, gives the kid candy, and then you cut to the next scene, so obviously something was going on there. Um, but then they show ninjack finishing a mission and then heading off to the M16 headquarters so he can check in. And then ninjas attack, dun dun dun, and Roku shows up there. And I love her character because she's totally Medusa from the Inhumans, but she's badass. I'm not saying that Medusa's not badass because she totally is when they write her properly. But this woman in this book shoots her hair through somebody's head and kills them. And it just blew hmm. my mind when, the <laughs> when she did. Just a, like, just a very thin piece of hair just right through the skull just totally wiped her out but anyway the whole point of that was Roku was showing up because she wants Ninjak to go get something from the M16 headquarters for her which means he has to break in because it's in like a level that nobody can get to and he wants her, wants him to steal it and bring it back to her and she's using his daughter and her mom 
as bait because she has them kidnapped. So, of course, he's going to do it because she will kill them. I don't think he has any doubt about that. So the whole rest of the book is him breaking into it and them calling everybody in to stop him. So he breaks in, he steals it, takes the elevator up. Everyone's waiting for him outside of the elevator. They don't realize it's him until the door opens. They think it's just an enemy combatant. And Ninjak pops out and they're like, oh, it's just Ninjak. It's false alarm, guys. False alarm. And he could have just left at that point, right? I don't know why he didn't, but instead he just takes the sword and puts it to somebody's throat and then they all start fighting. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't just leave because they were all like, oh, call off the alarm. It's just Ninjak. We're fine. Everything's fine here. So why he decided to fight instead, I don't know. But anyway, that's pretty much wraps up the whole book because then they start fighting and then they're bringing everybody in and they show like the you know the main characters of this universe exo man of war and uh the eternal warrior and um archer and armstrong like they show all the different panels of where they're at at that point in time and how they're gonna call them all in to stop ninjack so I think it'll be interesting. It's just, it seems to me like a non-essential fun book as opposed to anything that t actually ties you in. It's more like a way to get to know the characters and their powers for anybody who hasn't gotten into the Valiant Universe a whole lot. So I liked it because I don't know a lot about the Valiant Universe. So it will be nice to like get a better insight of who these people are. Then I can feel like maybe I can dive into actual storylines and books in this universe. That's that. Well, that was a very valiant uh, review there. <laughs> Thank you, I think. Oh. You're welcome. <laughs> I guess I should say this was written by Elliot Rahal, and the art was Joe Bennett with Bellardino Bravo. That's a name. Bellardino. Bellardino Bravo. I just don't even know if that's even close to right. And then the colorist was Ulysses Areola. That's the last name. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> that's the last name. Hmm. Areola. <laughs> On that note, what's next? Well, I read a, another Marvel book. Actually, I read a couple Marvel books that we're going to talk about. Um... Old Ma Old Man Hawkeye, okay. which at first I was very I I almost wasn't gonna pick it up. It sounds like they're stealing from themselves. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Is what I just said with my Avengers review of like doing the same thing. I'm like they are totally copying Old Man Logan. However, and it's after the title page, what you get there after reading the first couple parts of it. I'm like, I'm wondering if this is set in the same world, in which case they're not copying because there were some good things that could happen. But then you're also like, Hawk, Hawkeye was blind then, so how does this fit in? You can't really see that unless you're really reading the titles, but right down here at the bottom, no, this story takes place five years before the events of the original Old Man Logan. Oh. oh, you should have had that fucking big and bold on the yeah. first page. On the cover, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Let people know uh, what's going on. But as as with uh, um, the title of the Old Man Logan series, you know, 
Um, 45 years ago, the world's supervillains organized with the Red Skull, and they wiped out all the superheroes. Few survived. Um, then the United States kind of broken up into territories with the villains like kind of running each one of them. And, you know, and this one says among their former lives, a hero who's given up on that. And it's, you know, Clint Barton, but some know him as Old Man Hawkeye. Kind of the same thing as they had for Old Man Logan. Right. And even though he was part of, like, Old Man Logan's thing, which it's weird that that's what I call Logan now when I see him as Old Man. Like, yeah. I wonder how many other people just call him old man, or they just call him Logan. They're they're like, we don't know you as old man. Yeah. You're just older. Uh, Logan. In the Phoenix, they when they ran into the younger version of Logan, they called him Young Man Logan. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I, I briefly want to uh, touch on this because it was I said another one of those. At first, I was upset, like, what are you doing? Yeah. But then I'm like, this world was pretty sweet. I'm in for it. Feels a very long time to rehash this world since the old man Logan. Came and not out. only that, but that was a five part series that uh, was in the middle, and I forget which was the main story arc um, that was going on at the time. It had something to do with um, uh, fuck Mystique, and I think it had to do with uh, when they're finding out Wolver- it was part of Wolverine's past shit that he was trying to uncover um, with Dakin and. I'm, but it was like random, like you picked up the next issue and you're like, what is this shit going on? And it was like an Elseworlds book, like I don't know why, and I should probably do some research why they randomly did it. Great fucking story. Yeah, it it's is. It's an instant it is classic. Really um, and this one written by Ethan Sachs, uh, art by Marco Chichito, um, colorist Andres Mosa. Chichito. What, the way this one opened up was with... Uh, the Jamie uh, Maddox gang, mm. which at first when I was a younger kid, I thought his multiple man's powers were stupid yeah. until you <laughs> until you realize how amazing that is for a fucking one man army. Not to mention the fact of in the other series, you know, when he absorbs their information too, how you could have one of them going off to get a PhD in this and that. Oh yeah, and how he can absorb that all. Um, I love in the other series, uh, well, what used to be in the series, where he had a couple of them out there that were, they didn't ever want to go back, and they kind of formed their own life. Like, there's so much about him that's an interesting character, because he can kind of be anyone, and some of them, his clones, have unique personalities that can come out. This one, they're kind of just there to be uh, a slaughter fest, because Hawkeye pretty much fucks them up with his arrows. All in all, it, again, I love character-driven books. Right. It even has him going to um, to Wolverine, Logan, and ask him to come join him on some revenge thing. And Logan's like, I just want to be left alone. Which is perfectly kind of what Logan was like at right. the beginning of the other series until they fucked up his family. Yeah. So... It was nice that you got a glimpse and you got to see him, but then, okay, cool. This is going to be Hawkeye's story. You then get to see his daughter, who is, like, rebelling, doesn't like him. And it was really touching. And it was really interesting. I don't even need to go into the dynamics of their conversation, but it was one of those teenagers. like Hawkeye's daughter? Yeah. I hate my dad. He's going in there because he knows he's pretty much going on a suicide mission and... 
And yeah, so who's her mom? Um, I, does it, it say? She looked, she looked familiar. Okay. But I wasn't sure, and um, forgetting her name now. Um, it wasn't Alyssa, but um, I'll show you in a sec. But it, it was interesting. Um, in this post-apocalyptic world, though. Because I don't remember that in the other series, him having a daughter, but maybe I'm just misremembering it wrong. Ultimately, though, I love that who we're going to see as the main bad guy in this is none other than a one-eyed bullseye. Oh, man. Interesting. Oh, with a laser eye. Well, laser yeah, eye. Yeah. Like mean. a dead shot eye. Kind of. Bullseye is also one of my favorite characters. Yes. Just you... because of what he can do. Those two fighting each other will be amazing. And because, remember, the the villains have taken over. So he's he's the law. He's the sheriff. And he was investigating why well, the, the, the Maddox gang got all arrows shot into them. So he knows, obviously, who shot the arrows. Right. So he's yeah. going to be going after them. Interesting. I'm very on board with this book. I love the art in it. They drew Hawkeye, Old Man Hawkeye, perfectly, in my opinion. I don't, I couldn't picture it any other I way. Didn't, I didn't know this was coming out until when I went to my shop the other day and I go, what? And like I said, I did the initial, what? This is some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Okay, Marvel, you're just, you know, what worked for us in the past? Uh, we'll do this again. <laughs> Going back, though, to uh, the Avengers uh, 675. There was a scene in there with, with Hawkeye who he shot, there uh, There was like so, a live cable going off or something and, to, and get it from them getting shocked after the earthquakes and everything happening when the earth was moving. He shot an arrow at it and it was an EMP arrow, which, you know, short circuited all the electric. It's not how really EMPs work like that no. on a live <laughs> grid, but whatever. And, and he just kind of remarks of like, every time I think I'm going to give up my trick arrows and stuff. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> you don't ever give up that shit. Those are... No, you would not be Hawkeye without those. Sorry, yeah. dude. I mean, yes, you can shoot arrows very, very well. But those don't work in all situations. <laughs> um, There's... Yeah, that's my review of that. Uh, Mr. Miracle number uh, six had, an, for me, an awesome scene about fourth world. Um, that book is still going on strong. I want to briefly talk about, unless what? Well, I was just going to ask you that, because so you read one through five before you read six, eh? That book was on everybody's top comics of 2017 list. Is it really that amazing? It's still pretty good. Yeah. I Like I said, when I first reviewed the first, I had no clue. And it is very interesting, kind of redemptive story, um... Because the first one was very fucking tragic with the suicide and everything. Right. And it's very... I'm enjoying it, at least. I've gotten to know some more characters that I didn't... I've always been interested in the the cosmic beings of DC, which I never felt as fleshed out as Marvel's. Learning a lot more of them uh, right. through some of the other books as well. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I mean, nothing beats Batman, but, I mean, it's Batman. Yeah. It was on the list. It wasn't yeah. above Batman. <laughs> Um, but I want to talk about Runaways. Uh, number issue number five came out. Okay. The book is good. I have not been keeping up on it. The where where they're at. Um, they are Victor is is coming back online. Well, he was kind of on back online, and we've known that. Um, Vision's son. Yeah. Um, but 
where Molly was at at her grand grandmother's house, who's drawing blood from. You, there was the cats and everything. A lot of things were kind of answered, but it also the the story has been less of the plot and more of getting to know these characters again, which is it's good. I mean, I guess I can't stop saying the same fucking phrase. Character driven is yeah. is amazing. Well, it's important for this because that was my biggest complaint when I read number one. Is I did not know the characters. I hadn't read the original series, so to jump right into the new series, which was basically, like, they didn't do, in the first issue, they didn't do any backstory. So if you didn't know what had happened in the original series, then the first issue really confused you. And that was my hope for the the next issues, was that it got more into the characters. So people who, like Connor, because Connor read it, he wasn't old enough to read the original one when it came out. So to pull pe- new readers in like that and not have them just feel lost the entire time. But you've gotten to know the characters because of the TV show. Yes, yes. And that's kind of why I bring this up. Less of a review on the book. Um, although the book is amazing. Uh, I do want to be a little bit spoiler-free on that, but just seriously. Please, I, I do want to read it. Feel, okay, I feel the show has, has brought more people in. I have a friend who her... Her boyfriend, my best friend Mike, she uh, and my friend Lindsay. She Mike doesn't watch any cool TV shows. He sucks, but I <laughs> but she at least does, and I do. And so we'll be texting each other. Did you watch that? Did you see that? Hey, you got to watch this series. And um, this was one of them where then she'd be like, "Oh my god, this happened!" And and the whole time because I've read the original story, right? And I, she almost uh, sounded like she might read a comic book series mm. because she enjoyed the first series. I enjoyed the first series up until the last episode. Okay. And then a lot of reality set in and I realized this is not the greatest writing for this TV show. Okay. And so I kind of want to get your take on what you thought of everything. I will say this. What made me gloss over all the flaws were the actors. Oh, yeah. They were all amazing. They Like, the best actors I've seen on a Marvel mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, way better than that fucking Iron Fist dude. Yeah. Like, they casted right. And even the parents, and even the small, subtle changes that they did that aren't of the first uh, series with the parents and everything worked well. I like that they gave a little bit more of the backstory of the parents. Yeah. Way more backstory of the parents, I feel like. Because I don't... I, like I said, I didn't read the first series, but my impression was they didn't really get into the parents too much. No, and that's the thing, though. You didn't need to because right. the whole point of it was parents bad, we're runaways, and now we're going to be starting to fight other villains. Right. They could have did that halfway through this. They didn't need to wait till the last shot to have them run away. Right. That's my biggest gripe overall. I think that is everybody who's watched this. Their biggest gripe is, like, the show's called The Runaways, and... They didn't run away until the last episode. Because those are the people that went to the church. They yes. were all runaways ah, that yeah, got that's killed. Not that's, not, that's the name yeah. of their group, the runaways. <laughs> um, I really liked it. I The parents, actually, and I don't know if this speaks to my age, but like I was way more interested in their story than I was even the kids' stories. And, and that's part of the, the problem, is the parents, in the book... Um, I'm going to spoil some things and stuff. In the book, the Gaborum were a race of giants that were going to destroy the Earth. But they, after contacting these people to do these ritual things to help bring about the apocalypse, 
said they would spare six uh, people. Mm-hmm. Them all having one kid thought, we're going to do these things because of our kids. So that was why they were doing these deeds to save them. Right. There is some betrayal and everything to where some of the parents think, well, us two plus our kid and maybe another group plus their kid. So that would be six there. Fuck right. everyone else. Which was interesting, but it was also very quickly tied up within the first couple uh, pages. It it did it, it, it. I didn't feel that at all in this. I what was their purpose? What was their sense? Because they all they had a reason in the the first in the series, but they're also kind of like bad guys right. anyways. Whereas in the, now they're trying to make them a little bit ambiguous. Some of them, some of them are bad. <laughs> Some of them are not good people. A lot of them, you really get the impression that they're doing what everything that they did was for their children. However, when they agreed to whatever it was that they were agreeing to, none of them had children yet. They all agreed to this pre-child. Like, because they show that whole uh, episode with... Well, what's-her-name would have Amy, though, the um, Nico's sister... Did they have her already? I would believe so. I mean, she was older. I mean, they yeah. all have single childs, but uh, right. Amy was the older sister. Yeah. I think by a year. Well, no, because they were, they were... No, I guess maybe they wouldn't. They were yeah. the only that had two because they were all kids at the funeral because they showed the, the scene of when she died, so... Right. Well, she would have been older then. She would have had to have been around. Yeah. Because the flashbacks of saying how old she was, if they were all just children then and she was more... Right. In the sh- in the show, she had just died the year before. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's it. So oh, was, you're thinking, thinking of Molly's the, parents' yeah, yeah, the funeral, parents, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean like cuz they show that whole episode where whose dad is it? Uh where he's in jail. Alex's dad. Yeah, and the mom's the lawyer and Jonah shows up at the jail to offer them something. Obviously, they weren't even together as really a couple yet because he was still in jail. Um, so they all agreed to this pre-child. Yeah. So they weren't doing it to protect their children then. The children then became the reason why they kept doing it to justify to themselves why they were doing what they mm-hmm. were doing. But even then, I don't know what the end goal is because at least in the book you saw who yeah. the bad guys were. I'm assuming Jonah is that, but... Yeah, he's terrifying. They're trying to make more mystery than needs to be because the show is about the kids running the fuck away. Right. And they run away with their gadgets and powers and what they need. The only person that has anything is, well, there's old Lace. Yeah. So Gert has hers. And then um, Molly, who's a mutant, so she has her power. Other than that. There's, um, what's her name? Uh, Oh, yeah, I guess Karina. Is that her name? Or, or sorry, Carolina. Carol- Carolina, yeah, yeah, she's got her little sparkly, glowy powers. <laughs> yeah, which that was a weird, yeah, standoff in the last the last uh, episode. It was. I like how she just figured out her powers and she decides to go against, use them. Yeah. Right, here's the big thing. A couple big things. You had this this nice, you know. I'm sorry, you know, when Gert's talking to old Ace, like, I can't bring you along, you know. So you think, like, that's touching, that's... But it was almost a Superman in Justice League thing. Oh, you're going away. Oh, wait, you're back. Never mind. We lose that sense of missing. Yeah. Because that 10 seconds later, because they needed to have a cool 
shot of them running away, you then see the dinosaur following them. You could have just left the dinosaur out. Right. Or not And, and had the, the dinosaur sneaking by whenever they're doing stuff in the next season. Because right. it did get picked up for another season. To make it be like, oh, the dinosaur still loves. But I, I, I went back to that and I go, she just said goodbye and it was all heartfelt and that was a waste. Like, it you was. wasted a, uh, a moment, emotional moment. Yeah. The two biggest things that, that are annoying me, and I can't think of one of them now, so I, I should just say. <laughs> the one, oh, no, there is, uh, and it, it, it doesn't annoy me so much because there could be changes in the character. But if we're going to be sticking to the original script, um, and as I said before, they've already announced that Nico will be coming out within the series, but she wasn't originally like that. Right. In fact, that caused some tension with the kiss, because that did happen in the books, but that she's so... It, it, so Carolina did kiss her in the books, yeah. but she was not reciprocal. Yeah, yeah. And that caused okay. uh, some tension, and, and that was good for the team. Not that, uh, like, I'm saying that it's bad that, you know, she reciprocates, but it seems out of character, all of a sudden, when she was kind of into Alex, yeah, it could be still that she wasn't. She was finding out about herself, but she she did a lot of one eighties. Of she did. She holds a grudge real hard too. Yeah, Nico. and <laughs> she was all about you know we can't leave anyone behind, and then Chase you know says if it was me, I'd want want you to leave me behind, and then she goes, well if it was you, we would. Like, it, she didn't say it in a joking manner. Like, no. why would you, like, just say that then? You're trying to be like, you're, we're all one group, but then you're like, except for you, Chase, yeah. huh? No, I just, she's, because I kissed her. That's really what I got out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems a little forced. Yeah. Um, and that's the only bad part of, I even feel, of any of their acting, but that's also, it was written that way. Right. So she still acted in the way that she should. Um, I can't, like I said, I can't say enough about their acting. Do you do you know about the the big betrayal? The big betrayal. Yes. That okay. That was the second thing. They didn't even get to the first thing. First thing is they they would need to get evidence if it, their parents were really in on this. Right. They get the evidence, and then they're like, ah, oh, maybe we can give them a second chance. Oh yeah. Like no, that was the reason why you fucking ran away in the comic yeah. books. Chase is like, maybe my dad who used to beat me. Is turning around. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to him. And that's literally after he tried to kill him. Yeah. That wasn't even like I when they were in that little cute honeymoon period where Victor yeah yeah is like got the Jonah juice in him and hmm. he's all happy and high on life or what high on Jonah or something I don't really know um, and he was like a totally different person I could see like as a kid you want your parents to just be your parents and be good so I could see him getting. The drinking that Kool Aid, but do it if your dad tries to kill you. Like maybe not defend him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially when this is, when that's the majority of your life. When that's the normal, and the other thing is the not normal. Maybe think that that is always going to be the thing. Yeah. Your dad's always going to be a raging asshole who tries to kill you every once in a while. And then he destroys the evidence of it all. Yeah. Like there was a lot of like. It, that just seems nobody was really they, poorly written. They were mad at him for like five minutes about that. Yeah, like, but then they're all like, "Okay, cool, we're gonna yeah. just chill with our parents." So that I felt piss poor. Um, the Jonah thing, not knowing what his motivation is, like, is really just pissing me off. Like, well, the, there's something living underground, giant, something yeah. giant living under. Which I almost feel like I hope that is earth. then one of the Gaborum. Yeah, and if it is, that would be really cool. 
What I really don't like, though, is the big betrayal that's going to happen. And the big betrayal is definitely going to be something that... Uh, it, it, I want to talk to my friend Lindsay about it. I wanna talk, it was when, I'm Lindsay. You well, are talking friend, to your friend Lindsay friend, about it. Lindsay <laughs> Tony, Tony's got more than one friend named Lindsay. No, impossible. There could be only true. one. But, uh, that's true. You're going to fight her to the death and behead her? <laughs> I don't know her, but I would win. Can we put that on YouTube? <laughs> yes. All right. It's when Alex betrays the group. It's when you find out, as I mentioned before, the six people could go, Alex's parents, and then, like, well, us three, and then you like this Nico chick, so then we can take them with us, and we'll be the six that are saved. And so he betrays everyone else and was plotting against them. They put too much pressure on making it look like he's being a little bit deceiving. Mm. They should have just played him straight. Like, he's just helping out. Because the betrayal is one of the biggest holy fuck moments I've ever read in a comic book from a little kid. And, well, when I was watching it, I because I did know the source material, I everything I saw Alex doing was like, he's manipulating everybody. This is going to be great. He's manipulating them. Kind of like when you rewatch Thor, the first one. If you think that Loki was manipulating everyone all along and not just making stuff up as he goes, th- it's a lot better. So I'm watching yeah. Runaways thinking, wow, it's he great. Was, he was doing some good manipulation, but but Nico is not falling for it. Where he should, they should have written it more smoothly. Yeah. Because then the audience is kind of being he, like, wait, is there something more about he, him? He really needed to be the person on the other line of the phone with Amy when said he's coming. It really needed to be Alex, not Leslie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is starting to feel like a soap opera, though. I mean, it's a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's okay, but that's that's kind of my. It's gripe the human with... condition, right? Yeah, the soap operas <laughs> it's, are great. It's that's, soapy. That's my gripe with 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 that show. In other news, uh, boxes moving a lot of movies around. Well, two. That's two. That's... Yes, but still, there are two movies that are going to shift some other things because of the way that it sets. So Deadpool is getting bumped up two weeks. That's yeah, right. It bumped up two weeks, right? Yeah. That's how... It's, I'm it's, trying to yeah. think of, like, visually in my head how... It's moving up, so we'll be seeing it sooner than planned. Yep. And then New Mutants is getting pushed back ten months from April of this year to February of next year. Yeah, that pisses me off. Yes. And one of the big things with the, the move for... Um, Oh, and then also, because we have the Gambit uh, movie... Um, Are you still making that? They, well... <laughs> that Are they from, still talking about making well, that? Well, the, the director, director just quit, so they need a new director. It was supposed to come out next February. Is Channing Tatum still yes. cast for that? Yep. Yes. It's coming out February 14, 2019. It. Now it's coming out in June 19, he June does a, 2019. He does a pretty solid Cajun accent. Does he? Yeah. I heard he is from there, but... yeah. Uh, new oh, Mi- the big reason for New Mutants is because a lot of people have said it looks like shit. That have seen some rough cuts and everything, which is not good. And it also has then the running track of mutants not being handled well, well. So I'm wondering, does it look like shit comparative to X-Men movies or comparative to a normal movie? It's <laughs> a, a big standard like <laughs> it is. deviation. It is, because if it looks like shit compared to an X-Men movie, that's a really bad movie, and they yeah. should reshoot it. Well, and so, I mean, they're going to have some... They've said that's the reason why they're pushing it back, but the big... And part of that, then, the big push of why it's so long is because that's when all the stars are going to align to be able to reshoot it. But, are like, they all then, stars, or are they, like, kind of... Okay, actors. Yeah, okay. I should say actors, yeah. yeah. But, uh... <laughs> it's the, got the one chick from Game of Thrones in it. What's her name? Arya. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, it's also got that dude from uh, Stranger Things. Yep. He's. I think he's going to do a great job with Cannonball. Yep. Deadpool 2 is now opening a week before Solo Star Wars movie. And that's a huge, like, rub in the face of Disney. Have Disney, you guys... I was saying, but isn't Disney still trying to buy Fox? Or? No, well, they already did. But yeah. the signed deal... Yeah. yeah. They're still gonna. It's still gonna take twelve to eighteen months to legit work through everything. Yeah. But it's pretty much signed. It's okay. happening. So there's no one else buying Fox. It's Disney. Yeah. All right. But so it's going. What's from what date to what date? What do you mean? Deadpool is going from. Uh, well, it was going from. Uh, I forget which one that they originally had it. It's coming now to. This uh, not December. When the fuck was it coming out? I, don't I know. thought it was supposed to be the summer. Oh yeah, it's really June. It's June sixth. Now that it's coming up to uh, like a week before Memorial Day. Then that makes sense because you're trying more. to get the Memorial Day weekend. But I think that's also when. No, I think it's a weekend before Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend is when Solo movie is supposed to be coming out. Uh. So they already had that that grab, and it was supposed to be coming out the week after the solo movie. Yes. Well, I would move it in front of the Star Wars movie too. Yeah, but then that also means it's coming out like a week or two weeks after Infinity War Part One. That's yeah. They're pushing. They're gambling pretty hard with where they're putting it in. Meh. I don't know. Basically, the movie theaters are taking all of my money this spring. Well, have you seen the trailer for Solo? No. No. Have you seen any posters for Solo? No. Have you seen anything promotional for Solo? No. I heard, it's only, it's I, coming out in, in how many months? Yeah. heard Ron Howard directed it or took over directing yeah, it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. That's a big... It's probably a reason, though, why they don't have much promotional I saw an on-set well. photo. I saw a <laughs> on-set photo. That's a thing that's kind of a bit uh, perplexing. Interesting. A I'm Star pretty... Wars movie. I think they're just going to go with like a big red cup. And that's gonna be like say it all. <laughs> it's gonna say. It I all. really, really hope they take that advice. Yeah. That would be the best marketing campaign ever. <laughs> you know the advice that that DC really needs is stop listening to Warner Brothers. That's so for movies, yes. They uh, they <laughs> for comics, no. They but. they are are talking about management restructuring, and they're announcing that they're gonna to have a streamlined process, and they're not gonna have too many cooks in the kitchen now. However, having read some things about this, they are all brain dead on why Justice League didn't work well and some of the other movies did. Some of them are talking so much as the, uh, there wasn't Superman on promotional pieces of Justice League. Yeah, that didn't have that anything is to do not, with it. That had nothing to do with it. Um, they've explained other, uh, other things of where this happened here and this happened there. Okay, it doesn't matter how many cooks are in the kitchen now. If you're going to have those higher-ups still saying stupid shit and making them do stupid shit so what it is though is i mean justice league did as well as a blockbuster does right Right. but it was also released in november when it's usually not blockbuster season no right so maybe a summer release might have been a little bit better for them however i think it's because like really the I want to say that the society has changed so that what we expect from our superhero movies is different than what we're expecting from our blockbuster movies. Our audiences are smarter, but they're still going off the old formula of, hey, it's got lots of explosions and big names in it. It's going to be great um, type mentality. And so, yeah, I agree. The, The studio execs need to let the 
comic book creators bring the comic books to life because I think when you do that, you know, these are good storytellers. They know right. how to tell stories. So you hook them up with people who know how to make movies, but you let the storytellers do the storytelling part, the movie makers do the movie making parts, and the producers just give them money so that they can make you something to make more money. Right. And then everyone gets rich. It's America. Yep. <laughs> yes. Well, like I said, you need to have visionaries. Uh, switching gears, James Gunn uh, recently came out about uh, on Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one when they had they were in their jumpsuits and there's like striped lines on their legs and people were speculating that had to do with the reasons why they were um, captured or their crimes and like Rocket having a gray stripe on his uh, pants there meant indecent exposure and everything. He came out and he actually listed the the crimes that were known for, mm -hmm. which was kind of cool that he's interacting with fans. Like, you know, directors don't need to do that. They don't need to correct them. And he's like, off the top of my head, I'm not going to seriously search for the piece of paper, but we did have it down of why we had certain things of why they're incriminated. He's also come out recently and talking about how Guardians of the Galaxy almost wouldn't have been made had a Fox deal been made before because because they would have gone with mutants instead and they would have gone with fantastic four movies i i honestly think uh that doom's gonna show up here after infinity war like when all that if all that dust settles in time that what we're gonna see is the next phase is gonna be a doom phase because hmm. i'm I mean, i'm totally cool with that well that's what i've always said the teasers for fantastic or phase four needs to be phase four and then that four starts on fire, and it just stays a four up there, so that you know well, they're coming. Well, they're coming. <laughs> um, well, you'd be happy to know, Matt. Uh, Marvel has regained the Conan license as well. Yay! So that's just more under the same house. Which are is they, are they going to write more good Conan stories? I don't. I mean, know. Dark Horse did a really nice job with it, so I'm not upset. I hope that Marvel didn't just acquire it, so that they can sit on it. And well, I mean, you could still have. I mean, it depends. Some of those contracts, though, too, are weird. Yeah, Dark Horse probably could still be making some of those books as well because they have then the rights to it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can have they can't have so. Other did Marvel deals just give the movie rights back for Conan? Well, they got the, the right, like they own Conan now, okay, but that doesn't necessarily you know, mean they have to publish it. Right. I mean, it's going to be interesting with all the movies that come out. They're not going to be able to make all those movies. They're going to have to be like, here, studio, whatever's left over, because I can't think of any other studios now. We want you there to, is we want only you, one. Yeah. <laughs> they we had want a big battle, and they story. chopped each other's heads off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Last thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is weird news. Uh, remember when I said I wanted to do the weird win, news. Winds of Winter Watch, like when the, the next book in uh, oh. Game of Thrones would come yeah. out? And every week it would be like it's still not out. I vaguely remember that. Well, I said it because it would be funny at first, but I think after a year of saying it's still not <laughs> out, it would have gotten old quickly, so I'm glad we didn't go on that shtick. Uh, the first of the, the five Game of Thrones spinoffs won't air until 2020. It's not that I don't care till 2020 because we're not going to get the next Game of Thrones till 2019 anyways right. to finish it up, but that there are five... Spinoffs? Yeah. Of Game of Thrones? Holy shit. No wonder he hasn't written the last book. He's making gonna, all this other money. We're going to get tired of that real quick. Very much so. That sucks. I bet somebody gets killed by decapitation. <laughs> That's a sure bet. <laughs> last, 
I would say two people at least. God, I've only been on the show for like 15 minutes and already I've made three comments about decapitation. <laughs> um, try to work it in in this last thing I want to talk about. So, have you seen the new doctor's outfit? The new, oh, the new doctor. Jo- Jody Whittaker's, because I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's kind of... I don't think I have. It, it seems a little bit... Oh, I would wear that. I, well, I know you would. <laughs> I like it. I would wear that. I'm not a big fan of it, to tell you the truth. But, but then again, Tony, you're not, not... you're not really a fashion, you know, aficionado, though, so... She looks like a hipster. Pretty much. We don't need that in a doctor. I think that's okay. I think it's okay. I think it's time. <laughs> is that what you're It's time for It's time for a hipster new. who? <laughs> Hey, look. The I, well, there's been backlash of it, and um, uh, even the actor Jody was able to say that she co-designed it too. She wanted this is what she wanted to wear. Like a lot of other doctors, a lot of the do. doctors, they get a pick. They they get to be part of that like wardrobe selection thing. So um, it's only right that she. Well, gets that's it. why David Tennant wore the, the chic geek yeah, look. Yeah, 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 yeah. The big trench coat. Shoes and, yeah. yeah. So my question is, would we be discussing that Doctor Who's outfit if this was a dude Doctor Who? I, don't I mean, yeah, everyone said that. having this discussion. Every, well, everyone goes, uh, Peter Capaldi, he looks like a magician. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. We'll go with it. Yeah, now we're outraged over her well, outfit. Well, I'm sure there's other people that are outraged <laughs> at other things, too. I mean, they'll people will get over it. Yeah. I'm just saying, though. So it's that, but my question is, that's what she's wearing all the time? That's you like when the Usually, doctor yeah and that's, the doctor that's, has like an outfit that's yeah. the, the the go back to outfit and stuff when they're not like in a period piece. Right. I hope they break that so, norm. I don't know. They could. So be. wearing suspenders all the time is a little daunting. Yeah, but she looks like she's you're got, already getting well, she's got like a jacket. As a girl, suspenders over the nipples gets a little chafy. So I can't imagine wearing that all the time. She's a time lord. How that's do you know? True. Maybe how she doesn't have work. nipples. <laughs> we don't. We don't know how these things work. <laughs> Also, she has fair. a cat. Can you milk I, it? I don't know that. I don't. I haven't done any research on this, but having actually caught up with everything, including the last Christmas episode, uh, and spoiler alert: the new Doctor's a girl. Yes. But when the regeneration happens, and it happens in the TARDIS, and the TARDIS gets all fried and stuff, as it usually does, I found it interesting that she like tries to grab the controls to get it under control. She pushes one button. And then all shit breaks loose and she gets kicked out. I'm like, wow, she's a woman driver. You're really going there, BBC. Oh, it really, all right. I watched the episode too and it was literally like, they made her look like she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, uh, I'm. you got to do something. I get that it, it propels you and it makes you go, how come you're not making new episodes yet? Right. I have to wait how long? She's going to be falling in yes. gravity for how long? But... No, I, I just thought that one little thing, like, is she that bad a driver? Because <laughs> I know I know the doctor's been a bad driver right. of the TARDIS, but uh, yeah, that was that was my uh, my All right. thought for the day. Well, booze in a book this week um, is again. I, I'm surprised how many times that I have talked about these WWE books, especially with that first thinking. Why I, I get my man soap opera watching it on TV. But reading them, it like, because they are full on characters within these stories of these pages, and you can do things that you can't do live, such as having past people come back. Like one of this is the Royal Rumble 2018 special, 
uh, from Boom Studios. And this one has, a, like all of them, they have a couple different stories. Um, one of which was revolving around Ric Flair. Um, there was also the, um, the, the New Day. You had one of Randy Savage with Ultimate Warrior and Jake the Snake. So, I mean, you can't really do that on live television. Ooh, uh, ooh. And then, then the last one, it's like uh, here. I am phenomenal with uh, a- AJ Styles and his uh, debut, which he is my favorite wrestler of all time. And this one was actually written by him, so it was kind of awesome that he got his writing chops in here. I actually do think though he was writing another book. Now I think of it. Who did you say? I, AJ Styles. I, I passed out while you were talking about wrestling. Oh, AJ up. Styles was writing. Okay. Ultimately, <laughs> the same same. Uh, there's like I said, all these different writers, different artists. Um, there's a lot of them in here, but for the most part, it's just like the same kind of art that most of the other books have have had. So. I don't know. I thought it was really good. I was going to do a bigger uh, in-depth one, but then when we needed a booze in the book, we were like, well, hmm, I could do that. And well, can maybe, we drink with that? Yeah, maybe there could be some wrestling-inspired you know, shots. <clears throat> and we looked at and I we saw a couple of them that were kind of some moves, some of them that wouldn't work. Yeah. And then one that just it screamed out at me of just thinking of the pairing. And this has to, has to go, it is a Goldschlager and Red Bull shot. We call that the Ric Flair, because once you take that, woo <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Hey, you got to do four of them, though, for the four horsemen. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> woo! Yeah. <laughs> if you ever watch his, uh, the documentary, the 30 for 30, I think I might have mentioned before, holy cow, how much he drank and, like, always was drinking. Like, oh, a, a lot 30, of those guys yeah. would drink, but. 30 pack a day. Jesus. Every day. The Giant. Andre well, the Giant. Yeah, but that, Andre that's the Giant great. had to drink a barrel of beer to get He's, drunk. My wife's been reading the, um, uh, as you wish, the biography that Carrie Ellis wrote, or someone wrote for him type deal, uh, about his time on The Princess Bride. And he was talking about going out drinking with Andre. There would always be a police officer tailing them. He's like, does the police officer think you're going to do something wrong? And he was like, no, it's in case I fall on somebody. <laughs> He once passed out in the hotel of their lobby, and they couldn't move him, so they just put the little like velvet curtain ropes around him and let him sleep it off. So that's amazing. Yeah, good stories. Oh well, with that, uh, I'm done. Matt, you got any wise words of wisdom to leave people with? Always tip your bartender. All right, with that, uh, stay thirsty. With hopefully me not dying at the Winterfest 2018. Yeah, I might be around. We'll see. Otherwise, Lens is taking over. Yeah. Stay thirsty for Lens's <laughs> percent drunk. Or no. T- Tony, Tony McKay's Drunk on Comics. Presented by Blamo. Do we still say fuck you, Tony, at the end? <laughs> no. <laughs> he never let us do that. Uh-huh. <laughs>